Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, hey, how you doing? Nick James here. Welcome to another episode of Open Real Q&A with Nick J. We're on episode number 11 um, and this time we've got a bit of a twist because um, Jav is in the hot seat today. Um, which means uh, these aren't questions that have been gathered from our community. These are Jav's questions specifically. He's given himself a whole episode. Um, and the questions are all going to be centered around our recent Expert Empires event. Jav thought there'd be some uh, questions that you might find useful, valuable to hear those answers from me. So, um, Jav, over to you. I'm in your hands. We are in your hands. This is your episode. You own it. I am merely your servant. Go for it. No pressure. <laughs> okay, so the first one that I thought I'd ask is, how do you physically and mentally prepare for an event of that size? Oh, good question. So um, because I do quite a lot of speaking and presenting anyway, um, it's probably less demanding or less of a shock to the system than than it used to be so i remember when i used to do these kind of large-scale two-day events i'd probably only back then i was maybe doing two or three days a month of speaking and then i'd do this big show you know a couple of times a year um which was very highly intensive um whereas now i'm probably doing more like um eight to 10 days a month of speaking and presenting. And so I've probably built the muscle. I suppose it's like using the gym analogy. And of course, you know, I use it a lot. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm doing more sessions in the gym as it were. And therefore when it comes to like competing, I'm fitter and then more able mentally and physically to deal with it. That said, um, how do I prepare for it? Um, first of all, um, week leading up to the event itself, I try, we try as best we can to um, dial down the speaking delivery um, so that I'm a bit fresher. So, you know, that I don't have to um, use that muscle as much in the build-up or those muscles as much in the build-up. Um, I, um, over the course of maybe a month in the leader, um, I'm working on new content, new ideas, um, playing around with presentations, PowerPoint, etc. I've got somebody that I work with on that, um, who's actually now one of our clients, um, who kind of gives me uh, advice, training, insight, opinion on what would make for the best presentations at the event. So really the the, the preparation starts, you know, for me, like a month out. Um, but, you know, then on in the days leading up to the event, like I said, we try as best we can to not have any um, speaking or, or delivery in those days, the day before is always completely open and free, nothing on the, that day. I always have a conversation or a call with Jeff, my coach. Um, that's more just like mental preparation and setting some intentions. Um, and as always, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I can to take care of physical health um, and body, hydration, nutrition, exercise, etc. cetera. Um, so yeah, all of those things really. What's interesting is um, I don't, my recovery is fairly quick. Like I, I, after this event, and it happens almost every time. So um, you know, the following week, 
And people are like, have you recovered? I'm like, what? Like straight up, it, I, don't get me wrong, I'm knackered at the end of day two, albeit at this event, I was less knackered than I've ever been at the end of a two-day event, ever. I, I was surprised. And um, people are like, have you recovered? One good night's sleep and I'm golden the next day. And I think the reason for that is that um, I always make sure, um, I do this generally well anyway, but like the weekends I'm pretty much switched off. So literally, you know, the events, um, well, Wednesday night dinner, um, early start Thursday, late night Thursday night, early start Friday, late finish Friday evening, um, I'm knackered, good night's sleep, and then I switch off Saturday, Sunday, spend time with the family, do all the things I'd normally do. And to be honest, I don't really feel any kind of like hangover from it um, as long as I get rest. That's it. So it's it's not that demanding after the fact. Um, it's just quite hard work during the event when, you know, strain mentally, emotionally, voice, physically, like I'm on my feet all day. Um but yeah, generally speaking, um, hard at the time. But um, I think because of the the preparation, um, it makes it easier to manage. And and actually, I, the only thing I can put that what I just said about I didn't feel like at the end of the two days, like Friday evening when we were debriefing, as you know, we do that as a team. Um, I felt less tired, less snacker than I think I've ever done after a big event. And the only thing I can put it down to because I don't really have anything else to compare. Um, or that would have been different is I am physically fitter than I've been ever. So I'm just training more in the gym. I'm running more. I'm, you know, I'm just physically fitter. And my my endurance is better, and that that's the only thing that's changed. So I think it must be that. Nice. I can't imagine what it might must be like to do an event like that of that magnitude and put your um, yourself under so much strain, mentally, emotionally, physically. If if I wasn't fit, like. I don't know how people survive. No, no wonder. Like, I get the have you recovered? Isn't it draining and knackering? I like because you know, I guess if I if I wasn't fit, it would be hardcore. Yeah. Good answer. Thanks. Satisfied with that answer? I by, am. The way, by the way, do you like our new microphones? Apparently, these Jav's spent my money on these. I I don't know if they're any actually any better than ones we had before, but he assures me that they are. So I'm sure go. they are. Okay, so the next question is going to be a hard one because I know you like giving multiple answers. Great. But what is the one biggest challenge when running Expert Empires? What's the one biggest challenge? Yeah, that is a tough question because straight away I had like three or four that came to my mind. What's the one biggest challenge when running Expert Empires? Um, so my personal biggest challenge when running expert empires and i think the team feel this probably like i am a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to these things like i want i i so want everything to look and feel and be perfect and the problem is how i filter the world um and this isn't just about events it's generally I filter the world through what is wrong rather than what is right. Mm -hmm. So like if I walk into a room and it's spotless, but there's one thing out of sync, I'll notice that one thing. I won't notice all the good stuff. I'll notice the thing that's not not okay, not good enough, out of place. Just how my brain's wired. I'm sure somebody watching this or listening to this can do some deep psychological analysis of how screwed up I am and that's where my brain works. But 
the so the biggest challenge when it comes to an expert empires event for me is like letting the little things go because look when you run an event like that there's always going to be stuff there's always going to be something that didn't work quite right with the sound or there'll be something out of place in the room that doesn't look quite right and those things really bother me because i am such a perfectionist i think it's i've run these events for so long um not just you know expert empires events since 2017 but I, one day i'll total up how many events i've actually run uh, it'll be in the hundreds um multiple hundreds of events and so like you know i like things how i like them and and it's because i want the events to be world class and the best yeah. they can be and you know i talk about it a lot of course on on the podcast and and here on these q and a's like i was around um for my entire childhood you know an absolute master of running world-class events and by the way an absolute obsessive of everything being perfect to tony robbins like if you go to a Tony Robbins event, everything is done deliberately and for a reason. Nothing's left to chance. And so I think being around that so much as a kid, I've kind of caught that bug by just being around it. And um, uh, by the way, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, because my standards are so high. But I also think that that creates a challenge because if I'm not careful, and I have made this mistake before, um, my criticism of the little things sometimes outweighs acknowledging and appreciating how good a job we've actually done um and i say we being the team um because i am over you know two to three days going right hey this needs to be better that needs to be changed why have we not got that tidied what like, I'm, I'm at it the whole time i can't switch it off and i do think that my tendency is probably to go too obsessive on that and then not actually um and it's funny because actually in other areas of the business i've got very much a good is good enough attitude it's just not when it comes to the look and feel and the, the setup of an event. It's what makes it so good though, right? It probably, yeah. Um, and, you know, where it is now has been built up over time. And you know, when I think that's the first Expert Empires, May 2017, we were at um, the Ibis Hotel in Earl's Court, which, by the way, um, we can beat this out. It's an absolute <laughs> toll. Like the rooms, honestly, um, uh, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask Jav to stay there. That's how bad they are. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, and the food was crap. And, you know, they, actually the conference room itself is pretty good. Um, but just the venues, not not the kind of environment that I would want to run an event in. Um, and there were a number of things that we learned from that event. And, you know, we, we soon moved from that venue somewhere different, somewhere better. Um, and, and there's probably, that's one big, big change over the years. But there's been probably a hundred little ones that we've done since then. So I do think it's how many times we've done them. Um, they've, they've developed and improved. Do we, do we get it all right? Perfect now? No. Um, you know, and we're constantly striving to improve. Nice. That was one answer as well. So good job. Thanks mate. Appreciate your acknowledgement on that. <laughs> okay. Um, so you've had a lot of speakers at the event, mm -hmm. a lot of great speakers. But what to you makes a great speaker? One day, not only will I count up how many events we've run, I'll also count up how many speakers we've had at Expert Empires. Actually, I won't. I'll outsource it. I'm just going to say, yeah. that job. delegation. Um, sorry, I forgot the question now. What makes a great speaker? Um, oh, what makes a great speaker? That's so hard. Because the thing is, it's like asking, I don't know where my, why my brain went here, 
It's like asking what makes someone attractive and, and it's different things for different people. So what I think makes a great speaker is going to be very different to what somebody else thinks makes a great speaker. I personally love speakers who are great storytellers. Like, take me on a journey, make me laugh, make me cry. That's, that's what I'm looking for from a speaker. If you can make me laugh and make me cry in the same presentation, it's like what makes a great movie or a great TV show. I'm like, if, if it's a TV show that can make me laugh and make me cry, I'm hooked. Um, if it only makes me cry, I'm like, mm, nice, because, you know, it gives me an emotion. If it only makes me laugh, great, gives me an emotion. But if it can, make, if it can take me on this journey and I don't know what's going to come next, that, that's what makes a great speaker for me. Um, you know, do I like structured presentations that teach me stuff? Yeah, I do. Um, and actually, I'm probably better at that than I am at storytelling as a speaker. So maybe the reason I love speakers who tell great stories and move people emotionally is because that's not actually my greatest gift. I'm, I'm okay at it, but I'm not world-class at that bit. Um, uh, whereas I think I'm probably better when it comes to teaching a structured presentation with content that's organized in a way that makes logical sense. So maybe the reason I answer it that way is because I appreciate that skill set more because it's not my primary skill set as a speaker. Um, but yeah, anyone that can um, move an audience, when I think back to some of the greatest expert empires keynotes, um, you know what's funny? Some of the greatest keynotes or presentations haven't come from the most famous speakers. Don't get me wrong, Gary Vee was amazing, Cardone was amazing, Goggins was amazing, Lisa Nichols was amazing, Fabian Fredrickson was amazing, all these phenomenal speakers. But like the ones that stick out are people like Sam Rathley, who most people have never heard of. Um, so she teaches people how to use LinkedIn to build their businesses. Um, she shared her story on stage and you could have heard a pin drop in the room. Like, I was like, I, when I went on stage at the end of her presentation, I was crying because um, it was so moving. And, and she's there to teach people about LinkedIn, like which is the least emotional platform of all probably social media platforms. But the, the story was so um, emotional and so powerful that, you know, the, the room was just, I mean, I've never seen it before or since, I don't think. Apart from our famous headline keynote speakers, I don't think I've ever seen a speaker get a full audience standing ovation at the end of a talk, and she did. Like, unbelievable. Um, unless it was manufactured by the speaker, which I have seen a few <laughs> yeah. do, where they've got the audience on their feet and got them doing a clapping exercise and then going, oh, thanks for standing ovation, <laughs> which is quite clever. But, but yeah, that's the first time I've seen it, like spontaneous standing ovation from the entire audience. Not like literally not a single person didn't stand up. Um, you know, and like people like, um, like Susie Ashworth at the last Expert Empires, unbelievable. Um, again, moved the moved the audience physically, you know, high energy music, people were dancing. And then the next thing you know, it's like emotion. Like you, you're now in your feelings within seconds. I'm like, that is, that's what makes a great speaker for me. And it's probably, you know what, this wasn't your question, but I'll give it anyway. What do I think my biggest growth or development as a speaker is? That's it. It's the, it's the ability to take people from here to here in a moment. And, and the thing is, I actually believe I can do it. It's just not the way my brain's wired. It's not. I always go to how can I provide most value 
education into this audience? How can I get the information out of my head and into theirs as quickly and efficiently as possible? And I think I do that really well. But what I don't do as well is that emotional bit, which I think um, I want to do more of. Because that's what people remember. You know, it's it's cliche, but, you know, people don't remember what you said or they don't really remember what they learned, but they always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And that's the bit that I think I want to, I want to improve. That wasn't your question, but I'll share it anyway. It's a good tangent. Yeah, thanks. Hey, real quick, I just want to take a minute to tell you about something really exciting we've got coming up here at Expert Empires. When I speak with my clients, with my fellow business owners, entrepreneurs, there are three key areas I'm hearing people want and need help in. The first one is mindset. How do you overcome the blockages, the barriers, the negative thoughts that inevitably come with running a business? The second one is marketing. Like what's working right now when it comes to generating more leads, more opportunities, more inquiries for your business. And then the third one is money. When you build a successful business, what do you do with your money? How do you save on tax? How do you um, invest to build long-term permanent wealth? And I've got a number of different advisors and consultants that I go to for advice in these areas. What I've done is put together a brand new private two-day event where I'm bringing my advisors, the consultants, the mentors that I go to, bringing them together to advise you for the first time ever in these three areas. To get all the event details and to find out how you can purchase your ticket at the best possible deal, click the link in the description of this episode. Okay, so what results have people achieved by attending here? Um, so attendees, um, what kind of results are people getting when they come to Expert Empires? The answer I'm going to give is not the answer everyone's expecting. A large percentage of people that come to Expert Empires do not get a tangible result. <gasps> really? Did I just say that? Yeah, because it's the truth. And I'm not going to bull anybody. So um, a percentage, a reasonably significant percentage of people that come to events like Expert Empires don't get a tangible result. In other words, a measurable result or return on their investment because they don't implement the specific tactics and, and strategies they've been taught. That said, I believe, based on the feedback we received, that a large percentage, the vast majority of the people that come to an Expert Empires event get massive value from it because of the connections they make, the experiences they have, how they feel, you know, the, the social aspect of connecting with people that are like-minded, like business partnerships are formed, but all of these things probably don't give a tangible short-term result. Mm -hmm. And that said, there are a smaller percentage who, they're, they're, these are like the implementers, the action takers, the people that they learn something and they execute it immediately or in the moment. And, and we see these, you know, there was um, on the follow-up from this event, which was only a couple of weeks ago, um, I've seen a number of posts in our Facebook community and people have sent me messages. They've done something specific they learned from me or from one of the other speakers and it's returned them X thousand or tens of thousands of pounds in new sales that is like that makes my heart sing i love it um but not everyone does that um and that's their their stuff not mine so i go look we can teach the best tactics the best strategies in the world not everyone's going to do them now obviously we also at our events do everything we possibly can to develop the person the individual over overcome some of the things the blockages the reasons why they maybe don't implement 
or execute as quickly as they could. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, um, does everyone get massive value from expert empires? I couldn't say everyone because I can't speak on everyone's behalf, but I can speak from a place of all the feedback we get and the data we collect. Um, you know, we ask for feedback um, and we get, um, uh, we use a, um, a tool called Net Promoter Score, um, which is like a client satisfaction survey that we send out um, and we track that. So I, I know from many, many years of doing this, the, you know, a large percentage of our audience get massive value and that's why they come again and again. And, you know, we've already, um, we've already sold, I believe, for the next Expert Empires event, um, uh, 180-odd tickets um, from this last event. So I go, well, you know, that's like over a third, not quite a half, but over a third of the audience that have said, yeah, I'm coming back again in November. They've bought a ticket for. Um, so I think that that probably tells its own story, the people that do, you know, come back time and time again. Um, that said, you know, the tangible results are really down to whether or not people execute. Um, and so, you know, what I always try and do at an Expert Empires event is create variety of you know speakers i mentioned people like susie ashworth people like um lisa nichols people that will move an audience emotionally um you know people like um i'm thinking like lewis howes or tom billiou you know the, these these guys and girls have got um they have a gift for moving an audience emotionally um i think ed mylett did that brilliantly as well um, so, you know, I think I want those speakers because I want people to feel a certain way at our events, but I also want speakers that are going to give very practical, here's something you can do now to gain more clients and increase your revenues. So like we had Cordelia, for example, um, speak, um, last couple of weeks ago at Expert Empires and she gave like, here's a post that you can put on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever to generate your leads and then here's what you do next and here's how you convert it into sales and I, i've i've seen and heard stories from numerous clients who have used that and have generated sales already in the first couple of weeks so but i go if i do two days of just practical tactical do this and make more money or do this and get more clients or customers then it's going to be like very information heavy um, and if we do two days of just like making people feel then they're going, well, I feel great, but I haven't actually learned anything that I can go and do now. So it's a variety of that. Um, and that's why, look, the fact is, um, when people come to Expert Empires, do they absolutely love every single speaker? No. Um, and, you know, my comment on it and my position on it is always, for me, creating the speaker lineup is a bit like creating a menu for a really great restaurant. And I go, look, I, I go to you know a lot of nice restaurants. I love eating fine foods. You know, there's a lovely new restaurant in Birmingham called Arel, which is class. Me and my wife been there a few times. We love it. Um, now, if I go to Arel and I look at the menu, like, there's no doubt in my mind, everything on that menu is class. But, like, I ain't interested in the vegan dish. It's just not my taste. Or, you know, I'm not going to order something that's got, like, you can see what my diet's like now. I'm not going to order something that's got, like, tofu or feta cheese or these things that I don't like. They probably, by the way, if you like those things, they probably, it would taste amazing. It'd be world class. But, like, I like steak. So give me the steak any day of the week, right? Um, 
you know, or like give me a, a really nice seafood starter. That's my taste. So when I when I think about an expert empire's lineup, I want to create a menu like a rail do. I go, everything on there is great, it's class. But it might not all be to your taste. And some people want to feel a certain way. Some people want to learn tactical. Some people want high-level philosophical strategic business advice, which is more my kind of wheelhouse. So yeah, I think I want to put together that. The goal is always to put together that kind of menu. And I've had in the past, I'm not going to name the speaker, but I've had a speaker at Expert Empires in the past. And I remember vividly, I had people come up to me at the end of their talk in tears thanking me for bringing this speaker to their lives. They didn't know them before. They were like, oh my life, this, this person was amazing. Thank you so much for bringing them into my life. I'm so grateful, literally in tears. The same speaker, I had other people come up to me and go, yeah, I just didn't get that. I just didn't get it at all. Like whatever that was, it just didn't get it. I'm like, hey, thanks for the feedback. But I know that's the game I'm playing. I know that I've got like a menu and some people like steak and some people are vegan. And and the thing is, I've got five or 600 of them in a room and I've got one stage. Um, so you don't get to pick off the menu what you want to eat. It's like you're going to sample it all and some of it you might not have a taste of. And that's the way it is. Hey, hey, welcome back to part two of episode 11 of Open and Real Q&A with Nick J and Jav, who is, of course, question master. By the way, the reason we had to cut this episode in half was because um, at the first part of recording jav kind of paused and went i've just had a reminder pop up on the calendar that you need to be at the dentist in 10 minutes so we'd run over on the recording and i had to shoot off and have quite a painful procedure um and then this is the first time we've managed to get back in the room and reshoot so part two uh is up and running here we go yeah so first question on part two is What's your goal for each event? Like, what do you strive to achieve? Oh, good question. So um, there are a few goals that I have for each Expert Empires event, a few, I guess, ways in which we measure success at each event um, in no particular order. Um, the, the first goal is to sell the event out <laughs> because unless, you know, we have a full room, then I don't, really consider the event a roaring success the the next one so that's kind of pre-event the next one um is something we measure every expert empires event on which is called nps or net promoter score um so if you've attended net, uh, an expert empires event previously you'll have remembered receiving probably a text or an email post event saying how likely are you to recommend expert empires to a friend or a colleague and you give us a score um one to ten and then we have a formula that we use to calculate the NPS, the net promoter score, um, which ranges from minus 100, the event was terrible, to plus 100, it was world-class. Um, and so our score that we collect, um, our net promoter score is a goal that we have a, a measurement of success. Um, and it normally varies ranges between 50 and 80 um and i don't remember exactly what the um the the characterizations are but i think anything between 40 and 70 is excellent and anything from 70 and above is world class um and i think we're normally um between 60 and 80 i think we might have had one in the 50s 
Um, so yeah, normally between very good and world class. Um, and then I guess the final um, measurement of success, again, it, this is something that gives me a sense of how good a job we've done, uh, how many clients enroll in our mastermind programs. So, you know, if we've done a world-class job of delivering a great event, and if my presentations have been on point and we've really served and people want to continue working with us, um, that's a good sign. Uh, and so depending upon the size of the event and how many people in the room are not already clients, et cetera, we normally have a goal for how many mastermind enrollments we'll make. So those are the, the key ones. There are lots of other measurables and things that we intend or set goals around, but those are the main three probably. Nice. So um, I can't believe it was last month, but from last month's event, what's your one takeaway? What's my one takeaway? Um, you know what? Like this is called open and real Q&A with Nick J. So I'm gonna be open and real. Um, really hard for me to say this publicly, but you know how I roll. Um, because by the way, um, the event was a success, no shadow of a doubt. That said, I am, as you know, and as the team know, obsessed with constant and never ending improvement. And I feel like at the last Expert Empires event, even though NPS score was very good, um, mastermind enrollments were strong, um, we sold the event out. I feel like, did I mention this in the previous part one? I feel like I missed the mark a little bit. This is the problem with recording part one and part two, two weeks apart. I forget what I said in part one. I don't want to repeat myself. I felt like I missed the mark a little bit on the speaker lineup, just in terms of the topics that were covered, the order and sequence that we had them. Um, I think we had, because I always love to, as you know, Jav, I love to give opportunities to up and coming speakers, clients of ours. I feel like I might have probably done that more at this event than I normally do. And therefore we had um, probably more, less experienced speakers than we would normally have. And so I think maybe we just missed the mark slightly on that. Um, so that's my, I know that sounds like a negative is the biggest takeaway, but it's the one thing that I focus most on um, over the last month as we prepare for Expert Empires in November um, is to kind of redress that balance and make sure we nail it next time. And, and you know, I'm happy to share, I think, the first couple of Expert Empires events, we were kind of finding our feet with what that, that structure looked like in terms of speaker lineup. Um, and so there were some great things about those first couple of events back in 2017, 18, but there were some learnings. And then I feel like we really hit our stride in 2019. And we, we had three events in 2019 that I think we nailed, they were all class. Um, then obviously we had uh, a year or so where we couldn't run live, so we did online. Um, and then since we've been back, I think we've done a really good job. And you know, I think we had our record highest ever NPS score um, at the last event by September 2022. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like this one, um, I probably missed the mark a little bit. And so you know, I'm committed to looking at what we could do to improve on that aspect for um, the next Expert Empires event. 23rd, 24th of November at the Hilton at Wembley in London. Put the date in your diary. Um, and we're not actually selling tickets yet online, are we? But go to expertempires.com and I'm sure you can get information and register your interest 
Um, and I've just signed our first headline speaker, which I'm very excited about. Interesting. Well, speaking of which, the last question, what are you looking forward to most about the next event? Yeah, I think um, next event, oh, I'm going to say this publicly as well. I think it's probably going to be the last one we do at this venue. Um, I don't think I've shared that anywhere else. I think the team probably know that's the intention, but I don't think publicly. Probably the last time, uh, hopefully nobody from the Hilton at Wembley is listening or watching the podcast. Um, probably the last time we use that venue, just because simply we've had three events on the bounce now that have sold out and we're kind of outgrowing it. So I think we're going to have to search for a new home, which is a bit of a shame. It feels like, you know, we've done, I don't know how many there, probably seven or eight events there now. Um, and it is, it does feel like a home from home. So um, what I'm excited about, about the next event um, is, you know, uh, we've just signed the first headline speaker. Um, I'm I've been working on the lineup over the last couple of weeks and it's looking really strong. I'm, I'm still, I've got offer out with one of the headliner who I think is going to be amazing if we can get them. Um, so I'm excited about that as I always am. But I think because it, it could be the last one at this venue, it will feel like a bit of a, um, an end of an era, um, which might sound um, like a negative or a bit sad, but I think, I think that's natural. That's part of growth of a business. It's part of growth of us as individuals. So I think having, you know, the, if it does turn out to be the last one at this venue, kind of like, you know, drawing the curtain on that and then opening up a new chapter for expert empires in a new home where we can expand, where we can create an even bigger and better event. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that, oh, that opportunity and that possibility for sure. Sounds good. Cool. Well, um, that was a, a short it was. finish to this two-part episode. It wasn't planned to be two parts. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully you found this episode useful, valuable, interesting. As always, any questions you've got that you'd like to put forward to me for the next episode, please just send them in on email to jav, J-A-V, at expertempires.com. That's jav, J-A-V, at expertempires.com. Um, equally, post questions you'd like to put forward to future episodes in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube as well, you can do it that way. Um, and thanks again, as always, for listening, for tuning in. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.